Wonderful to see all of you here. It is encouraging to see everyone here. I'm so glad for your attendance this morning. For those watching at home, thankful for you as well. If we are going to fight a battle, we have to know where that battle is being fought. We have to know the tools we need. We have to know the methods by which we must fight. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12, Paul tells the Ephesian church, Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. In other words, the battle, the struggle that we all have individually, personally as Christians, it's not about the physical. It's not about getting angry at somebody and and going and, and fighting them, which is sometimes a person's first inclination. But rather, the battle that we fight, the struggle that we endure, is a spiritual one. It's about fighting wicked thoughts. It's about fighting against forces that are in darkness. It's about fighting against, fighting with even, spiritual forces. This is what we're talking about today, how we can better fight this battle. Because the battle, a lot of times, it appears as though we are battling with someone else, with someone outside of us, when in reality, we are fighting against ourselves, trying to be more like Christ, trying to be more like Him. Maybe, if you look at it this way, fighting the Judases of the world, world, those who would seek to do us harm, but rather we continue to love them as Jesus would. Mark 4, verses 18 and 19. And others, other seed, are the ones on whom the ground on the are the ones on whom seed was sown among the thorns. These are the ones who have heard the word, but the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. This, I believe, is a good companion passage with the Ephesian Ephesian passage. It talks about seed that was sown on a certain type of ground, and what happens to it? It gets choked out because it was sown among the thorns. And so if we are spiritual in our battling, if we are fighting a spiritual battle, this also means that we are trying to fight against these things that Mark 4, verses 18 and 19 talk about. The worries of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things, I believe, is a battle that we fight within ourselves for we are a distracted people. It is a typical response of us that if we are to get better at something, if we are to overcome something, that we must work harder at it in order to overcome whatever the obstacle might be. But sometimes, and this is what my lesson is today, a lot of times the battle that you are fighting is the one right here between your ears. The battle also of the heart. Because if you are constantly thinking, worrying about the world, and if you're constantly pulled by the deceitfulness of riches, And if you're constantly pulled by the desires of other things, the Word of God is going to get choked out, and you're not going to know what to do. Those spiritual forces, those dark places, 
are going to start to overcome you. Why? Because you're so distracted. Maybe you're spending so much time on things mentioned in Mark 4 that you're missing out on your relationship with God. The very one that we should be with. The very one that we should be battling with. The very one that even during tumultuous times we can find comfort and we can find peace. Are you missing out on those things because you're losing the battle of your thoughts? So how do we combat this distracted, overworked world we live in? The word is mindfulness. It's a big word today in schools, but it is also a very practical spiritual discipline. We might also refer to it as meditation. It's where, you, where you're not distracted, right? where you meditate on the Word of God, where you try to push out Mark chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. You try to push out those things that you're so worried about. Well, I've got to have this, or I've got to have that, or I've got to have more money, or I'm, I'm so worried about this. You've you got to stop giving fertilizer to those thoughts. And you've got to be more mindful with the fact that, hey, I'm a Christian... And I don't need to let this other stuff distract me and choke out the Word of God. You've got to be more mindful in your Christianity by taking every thought captive. Psalm 26, verses 2 and 3 says, Test me, Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and my mind. So have you allowed God, have you asked God to examine those things? to examine your heart, examine your mind, what would He find? What would we find if we broadcast your mind up here on the big screen? What would we see then? Would we see a lot of distracted thoughts? Or someone who is trying to be more mindful, more purposeful of their Christianity? For I have always been mindful, Lord, of your unfailing love and have lived in reliance on your faithfulness. Sometimes we are not mindful of God's love and we worry about how we'll be taken care of. We worry about the world we're living in. We forget that God is the one who is going to be victorious. We forget that faithful Christians are the ones who will be victorious and we continue to worry and worry and worry and that Word of God gets choked out because we are allowing the, the, the seed of our thoughts to be planted among the thorns. Psalm 104 and verse 34. Let my meditation be pleasing to Him. As for me, I shall be glad in the Lord. In biblical times, they did have, I would say, fewer distractions. So they could devote more time to the Word of God and to this type of meditation, to this type of thought processing on the Word of God. And I think we've got to try to devote more in our lives to the meditation and the thought on God's Word. Because I think that is the only way many of us will be able to eliminate the anxiety, to eliminate the worry that we have. We have to finally be purposeful about embracing the Word of God and really planning it in our hearts, really doing it. Not just saying it, we believe it, but actually doing it and practicing it as a spiritual discipline. Psalm 119 and verse 15 says, I will meditate on your precepts and regard your ways. We're so distracted. We're pulled in so many directions. Really, how often last week did you stop 
and meditate on the Word of God. Mindfulness or meditation, however you might look at it, is a spiritual discipline designed for prayer or simply thinking on spiritual things. In practicing this sort of spiritual discipline, mindfulness, meditation, purposeful prayer will make you a better person, a better husband, a better son, daughter, wife, better employee, because you are starting, you are beginning with the Word of God and allowing that to be in your heart and in your mind, and you're cultivating that. Not the worry of the world, not that. You're not cultivating those evil things, but rather you're cultivating the Word of God. One of my most favorite passages is this, Psalm 46 and verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. That's what your King James Version says. I think the New American Standard renders it with a little more purpose. It says, cease striving and know that I am God. The love of God, the love of Jesus, the working of the Holy Spirit is wrapped up in this passage. Cease striving. Stop trying to do it yourself. Stop trying to work your own way through it. But rather cultivate the Word of God. Know that He is your Heavenly Father. So this morning... We're going to talk about being more mindful in our Christianity because, you know what, sometimes we're just going on autopilot. A lot of times we're just flying by the seat of our pants, we act out of instinct, we are reactionary, and we forget about our spiritual resources. We stop pulling from those because we're not making regular effort to reflect on passages that mean so much to us and that can help you with the specific struggle you are engaged in right now. You know, the, the Word of God seems so vast. There's all these names we don't understand. But there are very specific passages that are there for you to help you be a stronger Christian. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 35 says this, This I say for your own benefit, not to put a restraint upon you, but to promote what is appropriate and to secure undistracted devotion to the Lord. We're just way too distracted these days with our thoughts. And they're just going everywhere rather than along the Word of God. Another passage talking about the seed which fell among the thorns. The thorns grew up with it and choked out the Word of God. That's how Luke renders that. We must stop being so distracted and allowing the world to control our thoughts and not ourselves and not the Word of God. We've got to let Him in there much more often. Meditation or mindfulness is a spiritual discipline, as I've mentioned. When we are mindful, we push out all the noise of the world. And this means you've got to sit in a quiet place, sit in a quiet position with a quiet attitude, and reflect on the Word of God one way or another. Maybe you listen to it, someone read it, maybe you read it yourselves, maybe you read one verse, one passage, and you just hold on to that for a little while. Because that's the only way you're going to be able to cancel out the noise of the world. A lot of times we think that because we're sitting, watching television, watching sports, looking on Facebook, watching the news, we think because we're sitting, relaxed in a physical position, that that is somehow helping us. Well, you're getting rest physically, but you're not getting rest emotionally. 
Think about how the last time uh, the news or Facebook made you angry. That didn't do much for your heart, now did it? What would do much for your heart is to move away from those things that anger you, that are upsetting. Go to BibleGateway.com. That's the, the Bible app Jim and I use in the morning. Find that passage, even just that verse of the day, and sit with it for a while. Rather than the bad news you see all the time, rather than the comments on Facebook that a lot of the news headlines are meant to enrage us, that's why they're written the way they are. But stop cultivating those thorns. Cultivate the Word of God so that the Word of God is growing in you, so that peace is growing in you, so that sustainability is growing in you, not anxiety, not anger, not hate. Don't let those things creep up inside of you. Practice this spiritual discipline, pushing away the noise of the world. When we meditate, this is something that prepares our heart and mind so that we can focus on the awareness of God's presence. It's about sitting and about, and about not doing anything but focusing on that. Psalm chapter 1 and verse 2, one of my favorite passages as well. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in His law He meditates day and night. So many references on meditation, on being mindful of the Word of God, this being just one of them. If we are delighting in the Word of God, why are we not meditating more on it? Why aren't we thinking more about it? It's because we're so distracted. It's because we're, we're seed among thorns quite often. You've got to start pruning that stuff out. If you want to see thorns, if you want to see a lot of weeds, come look at my garden right now. That's what, that's what a lot of our lives look like. That's why we're so anxious. That's why we feel like our lives are falling apart. And a lot of it's because of the chaos that we create ourselves. You've got to meditate on the Word of God day and night. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8, fabulous passage. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence, anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. I love this passage and the way it is worded. We may be thinking about good things, about these things while we're driving but we aren't necessarily focused on them. We might be thinking about good things when we're at work or when we're with our family, but we aren't necessarily focused on how they're actually working in our lives to calm our minds. We must choose to think on these things and allow them to do their work without any distraction and focus on the good we have in our life and not the negative. Some people struggle, though, with something else. Dale, I can't meditate. I can't, I can't be mindful because I have monkey brain. It just seems to go everywhere, Dale. There's constant chatter. I have this internal monologue. I have constant racing thoughts. And then I have fears that come in, doubts, criticisms, angers, anxieties, and whatever else. It's all just racing in my mind. I understand that. But we've got to work to try to calm that down. And what happens, though, whenever you have these racing thoughts, what will come in quite often? One will actually stop, right? It'll come to a screeching halt. Remember what you did six years ago? Wasn't that embarrassing? And you'll just obsess over that for the next hour, or that's what keeps you up all night. 
Anyways, it is this phenomenon that we all struggle with from time to time because we can't seem to calm our heads enough to be mindful. It is our mental perspective that either torments us or produces a positive and productive outlook on our daily living. Unfortunately, we mistakenly believe that the ongoing chatter and conversations in our heads are something we must live with or make the tough choice sometimes to drown them out one way or another so that we can stop them. Well, how can you stop this negative internal dialogue? First off, become aware that your mind is racing. Okay? A lot of times we just kind of do it uh, on autopilot and our brain is just going, 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 going. Most of your thoughts float around aimlessly in your mind. And then out of nowhere, right, like I said a moment ago, something will stop and you'll hang on to that. What you need to realize is you need to look at that thought and say, you know what, I apologize for that. That, that memory is over. But I have a God who loves me. I have friends who love me. I'm, I'm blessed with a job. I have my health. I have so many other things that I can be thankful for. Let your mind try to race in that race car rather than the negative one. So be aware that your mind is doing this. Next, we must learn to live in the moment. You see, that's, that's one of the, the negative things that we do sometimes is that we are distracted by the thoughts in our mind forgetting, forgetting about where we are right then in the moment. And we must remember where we are and why we are there and relish in those moments. So as negative thoughts come in, we can push those out. We can push those out and let the positives come in and try to let those take hold of our hearts. So often, you know, the negativity comes in because that's what we see. We see the negative on the news, it grabs our attention. We see the negative in our lives, it grabs our attention as well. We must learn to live in the moment because there's so much to cherish in them. The sad reality is it is nearly impossible to focus on God if we have a rapid-fire succession of ideas and thoughts filling our minds with unanswerable questions, turmoil, and anxiety. When I counsel people, this is what we run into quite often. Why did this happen? Why did that happen? For months and even years, people will ask these questions. We'll go over the answers. We'll explain them. Human behavior, sin, lots of reasons why bad things happen. It's time to move on. It's time to start looking at the positive because it is as glaringly obvious if you'll just take a moment to look at it. But you must remember that you are in charge of your brain. Most people don't think they are. I have no control over it, they might say. It is difficult sometimes, but this is a lie that Satan has convinced many people of that you can't stop the racing thoughts. But most of these thoughts and feelings that haunt us can be stopped. How do you do this to be in charge of your brain? Well, sometimes you have to do something more positive. When my monkey brain catches me, it's late at night, and it's hard to get those thoughts to stop sometimes. And sometimes you have to turn to the Word of God and read what it has in store for you. 
And there are verses that can help you with particular issues in your life if you're facing them, such as getting along with others. If you're struggling with that, and many people do, many students in school struggle with this, look at what Romans 12, 18 says. Could not be more poignant, if possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. All you can do is all you can do. And next, in help with anxiety, Matthew 6, 34, Do not worry about tomorrow, Jesus says. But all of us do. That's part of the thoughts we have. We're, we're worried about tomorrow, but what does Jesus say here? Don't worry about it, because it's going to take care of itself. Each day, the moment you have right now, it's got enough trouble. It's got enough trouble to focus on. So don't worry about tomorrow. Sometimes it takes a verse for you to settle in on and think about it, and allow that verse to push through the thorns, to make those thorns die out so that they're not, they not in your hearts anymore. Next, we must make room for God in our daily practice. In the practice of mindfulness, of spiritual meditation, we choose to release thoughts and let God move in. If there is a thought that's there, Tell yourself, I do not want to think about that right now. Psalm 4 and verse 4 says this, Tremble and do not sin. Meditate in your heart upon your bed and be still. Another yet encouragement of meditation. So instead of listening to the monkey in your brain, you believe the Word of God, start listening to that. Meditation involves kenosis. The Greek word kenosis which means to empty yourself of everything. If there was a point on this lesson that you could hang your hat on, it would have to be this. Let's look at Philippians, please, chapter 2, beginning with verse 5. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5 says, Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself. Kenosis. Jesus emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. So he emptied himself. Man, this is the opposite of to cling to. So if I empty myself of negativity, if I work to push that away, I will open up a world for God to move in. Because those negative thoughts, they're there, they're grabbing onto you. Work to push them out, focus on the positive. Empty yourself. Empty yourself of the deceitfulness of riches. We've read a little while in Mark chapter 4. Empty yourself of the desire for other things. Empty yourself of distractedness. And focus on the Word of God. Because when Jesus emptied Himself... When he became humble, when he thought, forgot about what he wanted, he could then do the will of his Father in heaven and be who we needed him to be as well, the Savior of mankind. Maybe you need prayers this morning to be more mindful, to be more like Christ, to be more of a spiritually disciplined person. And if that be the case, I hope that you will come forward this morning. Let us pray for you. Or if you're not a Christian, you've not become one yet, you've not given your life to God, I pray that you will make that decision to be baptized, to be saved today through the blood of Jesus Christ. You can contact me if you're watching at home. 
You can speak to me after services. We don't have to do it in front of a large crowd. I know sometimes that can be very nerve-wracking. But you can speak to me and you can become a Christian this very morning. I'd like to end with Isaiah 31 and verse 1. Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help and rely on horses and trust in chariots because they are many and in horsemen because they are very strong. There are so many of us that are looking to things of this world to be strong because it's eye-catching. I have no doubt that when the Israelites and other people saw the land of Egypt and what great wealth they had, they thought, you know what, I want to go rely on that. But instead, we should not be looking at worldly things. Instead, we should be looking at the humble carpenter who died for us. The son of a carpenter who died on a cross. The rest of this passage says this, but they do not look to the Holy One of Israel, nor seek the Lord. That's who we should be seeking. Your heart may be sown among the thorns. All you're going to do is find anxiety, find worry, find emptiness. Start to seek the Lord and stop looking to the world for all of your help and for all of your comfort, but rather look to the Lord and be more mindful of His place in your life. If you need help this morning spiritually, please come forward now as we stand and sing to encourage you.